welcome to episode 22 of the People's Champ Podcast. With us today we have Jordan as always, and Hello. then the wonderful Nate Wolf and Electric Sheep City. How's it going guys? Hey, hey. Meowdy. Yeah, it's going well. Long, long day, long day for me, but I'm really happy to be here. This is a, a good end to a not great day. Well, that's good at least. <laughs> oh, no. so. Yeah, this is definitely the uh, highlight for me as well. Uh, did find out that we get tomorrow off work, which was unexpected. So like now I'm just set. Yeah. I'm ready to enjoy the evening. Yeah, Let's nice go. Weekend. Rock and roll. Hell yeah. I'm super jealous. <laughs> yeah seriously me too surprise good news is much better than surprise bad news right? absolutely <laughs> so what's been going on with you jordan lately how's work it's good it's good today i uh programmed a raft and made it work that's awesome like so that was a fun. raft that goes down the river like that yeah kind of raft? So it's it's yeah it's an rpg game and the uh the idea is you can just kind of if you have a raft in your inventory walk up to water, summon the raft, and just kind of paddle around. That's cool. So that is what I did today. As well as like nice. a ferry system where the raft will move you from point to point. Nice. Cool. I've had this entire week off because there's a big tournament going on at the uh, place I work. So the tennis courts are being used for other things. So I pretty much have the whole week off, what? which is nice. And you haven't streamed once? Uh, well, Olivia has been crazy busy at work, so mm. I've been on baby duty. Very good reason. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 that'll do it. Yeah. Fair enough. So, uh, let's just get into it, yeah? Sure. Sounds good. Start with the we hot got some, topic. Yeah, we got some big wild news. Wild specific news, which is rare sometimes. So, obviously, if you haven't heard yet, Stealer of Souls has been banned for the format setting a maybe dangerous precedent in a lot of people's eyes but i think no. it's no it's well now people are just going to ask for bans all the time well <laughs> a designer's good at saying there's that. always it's true yeah i was going to say there's always going to be the most hated class right or the most hated deck or the most hated card so people will ask but i think they had stated that bans would be few and far between if any right. I mean, it is kind of the nuclear solution, really. Yeah. The only reason you'd ever ban a card is if it's a standard card that you can't fix, that doesn't need to be fixed in standard, that you can't fix in wide. Like, it's it's so rare. You have to have it be a standard card, not be able to fix it in a way that doesn't affect it in standard, and, like, have it be so obtrusive that, like, you just got to get it out. I don't think we've had, a, like, yeah. an obscene card as bad as this one before that you couldn't fix by adjusting it in standard, too. I was a little surprised um, that uh, if they were rolling this out, that they didn't start with Dark Glare because that nerf was completely unnecessary and standard and, you know, changed the card immensely in Wild. And of course, it, it's still crazy powerful. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the only one that's like, I imagine that they would have started there. This one makes sense, though. I think the difference is that, like, while Dark Glare is absurd and a lot of people don't like it, it's not far enough away from the kind of gameplay they want that they felt like they needed to remove it where solitaire warlock right it's strong is, but not oppressive yeah like in in a lot of ways dark is more solitaire and more oppressive but the like for whatever reason it's like they just would rather print toxfin and the other two three shaman murloc and shadow would ruin and stuff and <laughs> they would fix that which i agree with but it's interesting i think that dark lair the deck takes 
a lot well i don't know if a lot is the right word but but it's definitely not super easy to pilot in terms of like Steeler warlock like you're looking for two cards and you can put two copies of each and if you get the combo like you win and and it was pretty straightforward i mean i played a lot of it on day one to kind of get the the taste of it and then moved away um but like i've seen people pop off as early as turn three just just so gross um you know demonic studies Mm -hmm. demonic studies coin absurd And, and like it was just nutty. Um, and so like wild has been a dumpster fire for the past week. And, <laughs> and, and so like, I don't know. And then even yesterday, like they pushed through it, What's really scary to me is when they push through a patch on PC. And so whoever logs in and plays on PC are now bound by these new rules, but because the patch for the phones comes out later or mobile in general comes out later, like it, you know the patch isn't out yet so you can jump in and use your banned cards against the people who cannot use their banned cards and so yesterday like the number of people playing Steeler warlock was like higher than it's been in a week because (laughs) all the people jump in on the phones and it's like hey let me let me use this you know this is like the the final hour or whatever of this of this deck to shine and i'm not quite sure what the meta is going to go back to like dark glare and whatever else i guess now all right, the matter so, won't change at all. Uh, <laughs> There's you still have an incentive to play Secret Mage and Dark Lair, and that won't change anything. That'd be but, probably yeah. right. The mobile yeah. problem has always existed, though. You could play nerfed cards in an unnerfed form on mobile after they've been nerfed on PC. Every every patch. It's mm-hmm, obviously not mm-hmm. ideal, but it's just the way Apple and Google do their stuff. Yeah, typically when that happens, I think that you're only lumped in with other people who aren't on the new patch, um, whereas this time, they're not so much. Um, That's possibly true. Not sure why or how that works, but... Eh. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, I guess I don't know if there was a distinction or not, yeah. the matchmaking in that case. God, is it only been a week that we've been dealing with this card? I don't know when that. It feels like it feels, so much longer. It feels like longer. It came out on a Thursday, right? Yeah, two weeks because it was weeks. Thursday before last. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that okay. Makes sense. It still feels way longer than that. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. No, yeah I mean, I I'm still seeing seventy five percent secret mage. So I I saw this card like six times in two weeks. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't really bother me. Yeah, Jordan's I absurd mage. pocket. Jordan's absurd pocket. Meta my my pocket else. is so bad that I I had cool Daniel build me an anti secret mage warlock control deck. All it does is be secret mage, nothing else. And I climbed <laughs> immensely high. I I like I beat everything because all I see is secret mage and then the occasional like odd demon hunter. I just farmed. It was so dumb. All I see That's is great. secret mage. It's so unplayable. I'd rather for Steeler Souls warlock. I hate it, dude. I hate it so much. It's so funny. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I enjoy playing slower decks, especially control decks, and it was really killing my fun to lose on turn six every single game. It was just like, I there were so many cool cards that came out, and I'm like, well, I can't play any of these, you know? I wanted to play Crash, and I died the turn before I played Crash <laughs> like nine times in a row, and I rage quit, <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, I... I play a little bit of everything, but uh, my pet deck lately has been um, Aggro Druid. So I was loving the Steeler <laughs> matchup. Like, I farmed them so hard. It was great. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, I did too, I think. But it was like you were forced to play aggro. And if you don't like aggro, then, um, you know, and then the aggro loses to the control stuff. And so, you know, you can farm the one deck. And so, like, you know, Jordan can farm Secret Mage with, with the uh, control warlock and lose to everything else. And, like, that's how the aggro was for me. Um, like... I was been playing a bunch of Murloc Shaman, and it was like, cool. I can't, I love seeing Dark uh, or the Stealer of Souls Warlock. Like, cool. Yeah, let's win on turn five. Um, but you know, it kind of hurts when you see run into like Reno Priest or Secret Mage or one of those. So I don't know. We we are in now back to our old uh, circle of life here. It's not full old to be fair. Shaman was not a thing like two weeks ago, right? So. You've got Shaman and kind of new Paladin stuff you can do. Just a little bit different, at least. And not Demon Hunter's back. I don't know if it'll stay, but that was kind of dead two weeks yeah. ago. I think there's like, I've seen like three different, at least three different, maybe four different, like viable Shaman decks lately, mm-hmm. which is just like, like mind that blowing to me. one and the uh, two different Murloc variations and like a mesh of the two. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I've so I've seen the Murloc Shaman, I've seen the Galakrond, I've seen uh like an updated aggro shaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with aggro, all the ones. elemental spell like heavy. One drops. Yeah, uh-huh. burn. And then of course like the old classic Reno Shutterwalk yeah. um, shaman. So Love that there's one. you know, there's like a little bit of everything. I That's... I don't know. I, I just hit one K with Shaman last week, so I don't have to play it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go. I'm so glad you got there. <laughs> Gets the cool skin, stops playing in class. <laughs> was, the cool skin is Margul. I don't know. No, the cool skin is Ten Storms Thrall, which is at least two away from me, which is sad. So I'm getting Nemesis Cooldown next. Oh, nice. the, the cool one's King Rastakhan. Rastakhan, Rastakhan, I think. Yes, that's the guy with the big hat. Yeah, he has the best emotes, though. When you he say really it, you, know, does. <laughs> you may bow before me. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Shaman's got a lot of great hero portraits, though. That's <laughs> true. It makes me really sad sometimes whenever they print a new cool warrior skin. I'm like, I can't play this because it's cool, but it's not cooler than 1K Garrosh, so it's never going to see play by right? me anyways. Yeah, man. You know? I agree with you 100%. I think 1K Garrosh is, like, the best warrior skin that they will ever announce. And, like, I like Deathwing a lot. Have you ever uh, played Magni? I like... <laughs> Yeah, Jordan doesn't, ex- um, doesn't the understand. Hero power is the best. The hero power is cool. And I think that was one of the only times I've seen them tweak the hero powers. I think they did it with Magni. And I think they did it with Medivh, right? Medivh yeah, and Kaldar. The different yep. missile. I think Kaldar. I wish uh, that they too. would do that with the Illyria others, might though. have a different hero power, too. But it's probably not different enough that I would notice. Hmm. Kaldar does. A lot of the mage skins have like slightly different bolts. Interesting. I'm gonna have to look now. I'm curious. There are some shaman ones that have a different animation, like around it when you summon a thing, but not as different as mage, probably. Right. Not as visible. And none as distinctive as that Magni hammer oh, smash. That is yeah. just iconic. It's the best. Yeah, that is like the chef's kiss. I like that. Uh, it's that's the one that stands out, right? With the. Like I'm still sitting here questioning. Like the wait, do the different mages do different things? Like do the shaman? Like if they do, they're subtle enough that I haven't noticed. Right. I think Arthas has a like a the uh, KFT like lo- 
logo thing, like the ruin. I think that shows up when you hit hmm. the button. But maybe I'm wrong. A lot of them do that, have different things. It's just, uh, Magni has like a sound too, that I think. Yeah. And like, 1K Garrosh is still better. It's got though. more layers to the. No, no. I agree. I did recently get Magni though, so. Nice. So, what is your take on using different skins for different deck types? Like, is it is it an unforgivable sin to play Pirate Warrior with Magni? Or what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I play Pirate Warrior with 1K Garrosh, so. Uh, I, I don't know, some skin, or some, uh, some heroes, I'll stick to one portrait, like, without fail, and then others, other classes, I don't know, I'll sometimes switch it up, but, I don't know, I'm, I'm more of a find one I like and stick to it, but I also have, I know one expansion I was theory crafting, and I ended up, for every separate deck of a class, I used a different skin, which was fine until I got to Warrior, where I only had, like, skins because I, I never buy those skins <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i used to i used to use specific heroes for certain decks and like different card backs to go with it like for a certain deck and then i started thinking like do you give your opponent a tell like if i'm playing pirates and i use the pirate card back like am i gonna give it away like they're gonna know in the first couple of turns but you know or like way back when we're using like the Cthune card back or I don't know. I guess I guess a lot of them are pretty generic. I think right? that like whole idea started back when Quest Rogue was in. You'd play Quest Rogue with Maev, and you'd play Normal Valera with the other Rogue deck. So they were uh -huh. like, oh, I could tell based on their skin. Like it was like a meme, but it ended up like raining so true that it was like kind of stuck. But I I would never. Have you guys heard of Swagwar's theorem? I don't think so. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> It, okay, so it doesn't hold true, but it's a good theory. <laughs> it's it's not that far off. I haven't actually done the maths, but like, so Swagwar's theorem is that if you're playing against an opponent who has a golden hero power, then they're playing control. And if you're playing a, a, an opponent with a non-golden hero power, they're playing aggro. Like, and so so now you guys will have to see like when you play. See, see if that's more right than it's wrong. I don't know the answer. See, I, but I can't imagine that. I would have right. assumed the opposite, personally. That's kind of funny. And yeah, Jordan, I, I play have, a lot like, of aggro. And... All of Face Hunter? <laughs> right. I have, yeah. I play a lot of aggro and only lack one 1k hero portrait. <laughs> All of them are gold. Yeah, Illidan's the only one I lack. Yeah. I'll get there. I've got a clean 50 wins with Illidan. I've only got one. <laughs> I've only got one one K portrait, but I didn't start until Old Gods, so I'm kind of behind most people. I feel like you'll get there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Got a lot that are getting close in that 800, 900 win range. That last hundred is like the hardest. I mean, it depends if the meta is favorable. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I've had fifty wins left with both Warrior and Shaman for like months. Like. I don't know, almost six months probably. And I just haven't wanted to play it because the cards are not that, or the decks are not that great right, right now. And so finally Blue Train talked me into playing the Murloc Shaman and it, and it worked well, but like, I don't know. Warrior is a hard one for me. Yeah, Pirate Warrior worked really well into Steeler, but, um, you know, that is no longer the meta we'll be in. Right. So, <laughs> alas. All right, what do we got next oh, well. on the docket here, Jordan? Now we uh just moving on the patch notes, we have some battlegrounds changes. 
right. They Ooh. have uh, nerfed Captain Flat Tusk. I don't know if you guys play much Battlegrounds, but we'll briefly cover the two changes here. Instead of, well, I, I play pretty casually. Yeah, same. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Battlegrounds. They've made Captain Flat Tusk instead of three gold left to four gold left. That's a big rip. Hmm. So now you get two gold per turn instead of three. No, if you get three rolling. instead of four. Or yes. Because you generally cycle or sell something back, so you end up spending twelve gold every turn. Okay, but if you're donkey rolling, you get two instead of three. Yes. <laughs> sure, you get two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two and then three and then two and if you just roll ten. Sure. But I think if you buy at least one and put it in, generally you'll get yeah. three to four. But yeah, I mean it's still a pretty sizable mirror. I dislike it a lot, but I feel like it was this wasn't an oppressive card. No. I mean it's good, but I don't think it's like it the reason that those It's the nuts if you have it with Agam, but why itself it's like you get like what, three three a turn? For a nine yeah. six in play? Yeah. Sounds like Agam may have been more of the oh, issue. Oh wow. Who would have thought? Huh. <laughs> How good are Quillbores right now? Like, I remember when they first introduced them, they were, like, automatically included in every game. And I saw rollout, I think it was the last patch notes, mm-hmm. or, or not too long ago, they had said, Quillbores are no longer guaranteed in every BGs. Like, now they're just sometimes like mm-hmm. the rest. They're still really good. So the games that are they're in feel very different than the games that they're out. Mm. Yeah. I think... They're definitely not oppressive anymore. They got nerfed a lot. They were nerfed like what four or five times in that one patch. Yeah, which is kind of Jeez. absurd. They nerfed like five cards. It's back to if you can get pure dragons with Nadina, that's back to being just the nuts because you have seven divine shield minions. And then it's a yeah. menagerie with Agam Flat Tusk is the next nuts because you just you got four yeah. gems, which was four four and five minions, plus the Agam. So six minions were getting plus five plus five. <laughs> Plus four, plus four. Yeah. Plus your Light Just Fang probably light is fang. in. Yeah. yeah. So you get a Hydra, a couple of Magadons, an Agam, a Flat Tusk, whatever the else mm-hmm. heck. That's like the that's like the most obtainable nuts. And then it's probably just like Pirate's Beasts, which you never really want. You pretty much want Menagerie or Dragon. <laughs> or Mech mm-hmm. staying on four with Taunt stuff can kind of steamroll you top four. Taunt stuff's still yeah. very good. But yeah, I, like, so the idea behind this change and the next one is they want to like... Honestly, I think Andrew will like it because the idea is that like you don't just rush to six anymore. Like you can stay down four or five and actually like do more at that tier, and it'll in turn ideally make characters like Kalthos and the other tempo heroes more playable, and not just have to hit like Omu to win over Fam or whatever rolled my Ev. So that's like I guess the idea, right? Is that they nerf some of the top end stuff? Yeah. But I I love this card. I'm really excited about. Yeah, I I, I like like. (laughs) When you don't have to just power level, but I I did love this card a lot, so I'll probably miss it. Having to worry about hand size in BGs was just a fun thing to me. Like it's kind of like just like another level of intricacy that I <laughs> was generally a downside when you had too many cards, but it was also kind of nice. It's like one more thing to check and keep your brain engaged. I don't know, uh-huh. but we'll see how mm-hmm. it performs. The next one I'm much much more upset about than that last one. <laughs> why? Oh, it's oh, going like, to it's going to it's five. Going to five. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, why did they nerf this card? No, okay. <laughs> it's going to five. I can't wait for Huge turn eight. Buff. My opponent tempo discovers this and hits me for twenty. I'm gonna love that. It's gonna be amazing. Oh, it's so <laughs> gross. 
I definitely missed that they changed it to a five star when I was looking at the patch notes. I was like, why did they nerf this card? The card saw no play. Yeah, this card was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I worry that it'll just be like your opponent tempo discovers this on turn A and you just did a million. You know but what, otherwise, though? I do like it because it was a bad card. Yeah, and I like the way that they balance battlegrounds where every tribe has had its time in the sun where they've where it's been oppressively strong and really fun to play and then once it starts fading and funness they get rid of that and put a new thing on top so like we had like the cobalt guardian area era but we haven't really had mechs since then beasts were really strong for a while Murlocs were really strong with Megasaur. Like, Quillbores were really strong. Yeah. I like how it's constantly rotating, and it keeps the format fresh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're back to Megasaur. I wish they right would... It does feel fresh. It feels pretty fresh, and I think as someone who plays it more casually, like, I can take a little break from it and jump back in, and it's, it's like, new. Uh, and then you got to figure out what the meta is, and then it changes again. And, and that's kind of nice, especially, you know, when we kind of main a format that doesn't change very often right. yeah uh it's kind of fun to to see i, I think in 20 months from now dark Lair will be the best wild deck so <laughs> hey i mean reno priest and secret mage have been good right for yeah long, right reno priest I will mean, always yeah. be a good deck for the rest of eternity there's no reason to ever Unless change it. I nuke it yeah no reason to do that Unless it's, they an, it's an Raza. eternal <laughs> format right? yeah i mean part of me wishes <laughs> that they had this sort of philosophy with wild where not necessarily like on a deck by deck basis, but where classes get their time in the sun. Because I feel like there are some classes that have been so neglected for so long, and it's just I don't know. The cabal classes like, are just so- always the best. <laughs> yeah, I like, mm-hmm. but and even going beyond that, like some archetypes. Like, when's the last time you saw mid range in wild? Twenty sixteen. That'll oh, never gosh. exist. Yeah, in no, wild. it's been ages. I mean, I saw it just the other day. Because I was playing classic. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) My my old favorite was like mid range death rattle hunter. Yes. And that was that was the nuts. Mm -hmm. See, Mm -hmm. Catherine Hunter is my favorite deck of all time, but I can't play it anymore. Yeah. This was back in. I was doing it back in Karazhan when Barnes came Mm -hmm. out, and when Mm -hmm. like Big Priest was a thing, right? But like I was using Barnes to to pull like. Katharina and to pull Sylvanas and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of miss that, like, mid-range. You can't really play it anymore. It's just not... doesn't have a win I mean, condition. you can, but you're right. not going to win. <laughs> Closest you have to that yeah, is, like, this yeah. new Murloc, Galakrond, Shaman stuff, where you're just kind of playing minions. Can't think of a better yeah, mid-range deck than, yeah. like, the Shaman. Standard's kind of trying to return that way and to mixed results. I think we just kind of have the critical mass of cards to where... We either are controlling things too well or going to burn down with aggro too well that mid-range doesn't exactly have a... Yeah. Or combo. Very, very good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, that mid-range just doesn't really, you know, once we hit this critical mass, have as much of a, a home in wild, which is unfortunate, but kind of the nature of the format itself, honestly. Yeah, I don't think Windrange will ever return in the format. Yeah, actually... In 10 months, Starclare might not be. You know, the sad thing is that nowadays, what's considered bin range and wild is probably five. Because, like, you actually play some three and four drops on the deck. So it's not really an aggro deck anymore, but it's like you still are trying to push your advantage early. Fire away. Yeah. <laughs> That's a mid range deck. I was going to make that joke, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
that's great. It, no, it kind of, it kind of is now. It's really funny. Dark uh, is a mid range deck. <laughs> Darklair's a combo deck. Yeah, or you could call it a control deck too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess. Man, Broom's a heck of a card. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Broom is so yeah, good. They always manage to have Broom Broom is crazy good and they always manage to have Lotheb like right at the right time. I don't know. I've the, uh, I've been terrible at Dark Lair, so this last year and a half has been rough on me uh, to find really? other things to play. Yeah. Uh I, I need to learn the deck probably. I feel like it's hard to be bad at Dark Lair. Eh, you'd be surprised. Like it's hard to be great at Dark Lair. <laughs> But just like playing minions that are free, it's only so hard. <laughs> to be fair, the last time I tried was when Penslinger still could go face. Oh yeah, it's a lot. So it's I a lot easier I now. Got... You just kind of play Cobalt Librarians when you can, and yeah, I probably got baited a lot trying to watch. Like, oh, this is how Martian plays Darkly. So I that I need to ping my own face. I was like, I don't know. I think I got baited too much. <laughs> well, I mean, you watch somebody like. Um... Like Gold Daniel or Glare or Martian or or Maxi or somebody play a deck like this and they make it look easy and then like I'll go try it and I'm like how come I'm losing? <laughs> I thought I thought you just won with this automatically, uh, but there I mean it's a little more complicated. I think once you get it down, I mean I was talking to Mentalistic and Gold Daniel and they're like hey look, this isn't something that we can like co-op. This is something that like you gotta watch and then I'll explain what I did afterwards because the APM is is pretty considerable there and um i mean that's the one reason why i don't absolutely hate the deck is that i mean it's it's very good but i think that it rewards skilled players um where like i mean i i I will be the first to admit like i'm not good with it like i'll play with it and i can wing it sometimes and sometimes i i will draw into the nuts and play the zero cost minions but other times like it's just when it doesn't line up properly, like I miss the, the, the good plays. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, there's something to be said All for right. really mastering a deck. Like I played mm-hmm. my, my first time in Legend was last April, so April 2020, and the deck I got there with was Odd Warrior, which I don't know if you guys remember, but that deck was not well positioned in that meta because Raza Priest was the number one deck and it wasn't even close. Um, mm-hmm. And like. Mm-hmm. I got to Legend partly by sheer force of will and too much time on my hands because of the COVID. But you just learn the mulligan so well in the lines that if you play a deck enough, you can beat literally anything if you draw right. You know? Yeah. Well, and there's something to be said. I mean, it's it's interesting. We talk about this sometimes when the meta reports come out and, you know, I can count so many times that I hit legend with a tier two or a tier three deck. But when you play it a lot, like you get good at it and you know what the plays are and the counterplays and the mulligans and the combos and all that stuff. And so, I mean, for me, it's Q block, you know, different people for sheep. It's, you know, aggro druid where I don't pilot it very well. And I'm like, what do you mean this deck is good? How do you hit day one legend with it? Like this deck sucks. I like, I remember saying that, you know, and like, I can't buy a game with it. I've lost the last four in a row. I'm not playing this. You're lying to me. Like you're baiting me right now. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I've had other times where I would take like Q block is in a terrible position and I would like force it up to at least D five and like, it'd be, it'd be a, a struggle, but like I could do it because I know how to play it. Um, you know, it's not positioned well in the meta anymore, but like if you know it well enough, you can scam some wins. 
So, but yeah, no, Odd Warrior, I always had fun with it. I uh, was kind of sad, honestly, when they unnerfed um, Elysiana, right? Up to, down to eight. And then you couldn't play it in the deck anymore. Uh -huh. It was a little sad for me. Don't know that it was good in the deck to begin with, but I liked yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> no I've shot. always played a janky version. I've always played a janky version. You can ask Jordan. I never play what's meta. Like, I don't run Cold Lights in my Odd Warrior. I don't know. <laughs> Dude runs weird. Just, did you ever, did you ever try the OTK with Silas? I did for uh, a couple of days. It just oh, it's so my fun. Tea. <laughs> yeah, Jordan really enjoyed it. I, it's at your foot so I think it's the most he's that. played Warrior ever. The first time I got hit with that, I, I was like, "Wait, what? What just <laughs> happened?" <laughs> I that that oh. card that like never ever ever saw play ever, and now it's seeing play. I'm like, what is mm -hmm. this? Like, yeah. I, I was just lord i actually um, had decent success with the the shaman version that was way worse and way more troll where you took the three mana five four that made your cards cost your opponent's cards cost one less you gave that to your opponent and you pen flinger and unstabled your opponent's face 30 times <laughs> the most you could do was like 20 in a turn so you had to chip somehow but it was so fun trying to win games with that i had a clip where it was like That's my winning rad. turn was a full two minutes of playing cards <laughs> just as fast as i hey, physically loser. could yeah you would like <laughs> you would like have to like so it was like nice because you'd take a minion so you'd have to like mix your unstables on your silas and on their minion because it would be too slow to try to like change when that's changing so you have to like rotate them while like spamming your pet flinger as fast as you can and just hope to, like the hope <laughs> you just finished and that the animations didn't just bug out <laughs> that was so true it was not that's good great. but it was so true it sounds like so much fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because you would just try to weave in pen flingers on the way to there to try to get any sort of chip damage you could <laughs> Yeah, it was so funny, dude. Yeah. How many friend requests did oh, you get after? I hardly ever get added, but <laughs> infamous rage ad. Yeah. I it's been a little while for me, but every once in a while it's kind of funny. We we have to we post them in Discord. It's pretty funny. <laughs> See, there was a while back where I was just trying to max out my friends list by adding literally every person I played on ladder. And the amount of people who just expect you to like start screaming at them is really sad. And, like, the fact that our community, like, expects that so much. But, I mean, I, I was doing it partially because I wanted friends on, on to, like, do, like, 80s with when Jordan was busy. Um, mm -hmm. But also, like, I did it because I was like, you know, I've played against this person, like, four times. So if I can queue when they're not queuing so that I can, so that I can not get my bad matchup, <laughs> I was trying to. It was, it was dumb. That's but now I have a lot of friends on list so if i can I, by the uh, way did oh sorry what were you uh, so i can watch uh, it bug out <laughs> <laughs> uh i i added that this one person who i saw a lot was like hey we keep on running into each other and they're like i i don't know like what are you talking about turns out silent storm is just one of the the <laughs> names that they give to people and that was how i found out <laughs> yeah i think so holy yep. pants is one of those too all the pants ones uh -huh. the it's so it's kind of like they have a like a um you know two different like the naming convention there's like the two names right like the prefix and then the whatever the word is um uh, and and so you have like lucky is one of is one of the common ones pants is another one of them uh so you're going to end up sometime with silent pants or lucky storm or 
you know, like a variation. I remember when my son created his account, he was Lucky Tiger. I've seen a bazillion silent storms uh-huh. and then all the different variation of pants, lots of pants. Um, so, but yeah, that's funny. It's like, how come I keep playing against silent storm uh, and lucky pants? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah. Good times. Yep. All right. guess we can move on. That's the patch notes, right? Yeah. There's normally we don't talk about the bugs, but there's a couple on here that are actually like affected people. Uh, I know like a lot of people are having disconnect issues on mobile. With the reconnect feature, that's supposedly fixed. I was at least somewhat bothered by the hmm. lack of a battlegrounds rating showing up in my profile. <laughs> it's like so minor, but they fixed that. And there's some other things on here, like it would show top four instead of top one for your profile. Lady Anaconda, I think, is actually that's like a, a gameplay one that matters. The she wouldn't reduce nature spells if she was already in play when alignment was cast. Oh, so that actually probably oh. matters. Yeah. As well as Narelex giving dream so. cards to the wrong player. I don't know if that ever happened to any of you guys, but I imagine if that. Ouch. I n- never saw that. Whenever I read that in the bug, it like fixes. Yeah, I know. Who did that happen no to? Idea. That's crazy. <laughs> That's brutal, <laughs> what happened to me is like anytime I play Narelex, it would always give me the same dream card. I still have not got the dragon yet. I always get, well, I shouldn't say always, but I, I played it a lot early on in the first couple of days. Like, it, it was like almost guaranteed I'd get the five damage AOE every single time. Like regardless, two turns in a row, I'd get it. Play oh, it. And next, it doesn't even go face. And I almost threw a game. Like I had an, uh, like I'm playing against a priest and I've got all these death rattle minions on the board and I got him down to five damage. And I was like, I got you oh. sucker. And I played the five, like I had a full board and I was like, I got you. And I played the five damage AOE cleared the board, including my stuff. And I get a thank you. And and I was like, uh, wait, why is why is the game still going? Like what happened? And I luckily I grew I drew into Green Rag the next turn, uh, and I just smashed him for nine to the dome. But I was so embarrassed, like I almost I almost like I, I almost conceded, like shame conceded there. Uh I'm still not used to the like I, I haven't played Ysera in a long time. Like the only time I really play it anymore is when I discover it off of something, and so I'm I'm so used to the old dream cards, uh, and, and so the new ones, yeah, it threw me off. Yeah. But, oh well. I don't think I've played Narlax one singular time, but now that uh, bodybuilders find a way to throw it into hand buff paladin, I'm gonna give it a try. <laughs> I don't know. Cracks me up every other day. He, he I love I, I I love him. He throws all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff into that. Yeah. <laughs> And still manages to do really well with it. Yeah, I just appreciate the deck building. Like, I get tired of playing the same super refined deck all the time. You know. Sure. I appreciate the experimentation. I, I've been saying for a long time, and I still stand by this. I think that there's at least one undiscovered gem that just like you know Ben Brode's fabled like unicorn priest. Like, there's <laughs> at least something that hasn't been discovered yet because everything is so refined right. that nobody's experimenting. Um, and I don't know quite what that is yet, uh, but there's all these cards that like nobody uses because secret mage is so good and dark glare and Reno priest. And it's like, well, um, it's that age old question, right? Do you want to have fun or do you want to win? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and that's, that's an unfortunate question. 
Well, I can eliminate Spiteful Summoner Demon Hunter from your list of experiments. Thanks to experiment. <laughs> Funnily enough, I think the best unrefined decks are probably just the other Warlock decks. <laughs> There's so many plays to win with Warlock that, like, why bother? We know the best one, probably. So, Even though the third best Warlock yeah. deck is probably, like, a top seven deck in the, in the game. <laughs> I, I almost, like, in hindsight, like, I love the Cabal classes. They're my favorite. But I wonder if it was a mistake in hindsight to print these like overpowered Highlander cards that were only for three specific classes. Like I know there's a couple, but like the Paladin one is bad and the Druid one is bad. You know, it's true. <laughs> I look yeah. at all those faces, but <laughs> I wish that they were strong, you know? And, and like, you can, I, I, I sort of feel like you could make, anything into a highlander deck and you could maybe take it up to d10 i don't know but like do you be really forcing it and it'd be probably not a really great experience yeah. that being said like um who is the they they did play the make the one for mage that uh god i can't remember the name off the Ink top of Master my head Solia. um oh uh, yeah. yeah solia that i was playing an lpg mage like because why not <laughs> and and uh I had people ask me, like, why are you playing that? It's so bad. Like, eh, free spells. Nah. Free Yogbox. <laughs> they printed a better Yogbox version. Or free, uh, well, that's true. But Nate I just believes in the heart of the cards, and he wanted to play the no duplicate cards. It is funny how the Cabal like, classes you just, you with gotta... cards get better versions, and the other ones still have nothing. Yeah. I think, at a minimum, they need to come back around and give Highlander cards to the classes that don't have one, like Demon Hunter or Shaman or whatever. And they need to give, like, hero cards to Demon Hunter. They need to give quests to Demon Hunter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They need, like... Oh, they do. They If they would give a, some hero cards to the Demon Hunter, that would be so cool. Yeah. It needs to play catch-up and wild in order to be good. Exactly. Like Outside of the hero power, yeah. You have to wonder... So, so they... You know, they've had they're on this new kick where they said, Hey, when we rotate something to wild, we're gonna unnerf it. Um, and then we saw recently with this ban of of the Sealer of Souls, they said, Hey, when it's time to rotate, we'll 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 address it then. I almost wonder if they're gonna start doing that with some of the demon hunter cards. Because like early on the class was super strong and now it's not. Right. I wonder like if it's gonna have a place in wild I wonder if they'll revisit, you know, any of those cards because then it could be good again. Five mana skull, unnerved right. skull of Goldan. Yeah, Kalthos. Let's go, odd demon hunter. I want Kalthos back. Uh, that's the problem with playing wild is that I I really no don't follow the rotations at all. Like I, I have no is clue. Kalthos I have no clue. No. I just like, play all is the Kael'thas cards. Kalthos ashes of Outlands. Uh, probably. Well, I think so. But yeah, um, skull is ashes. Skull is for sure. I think, I think Kalthos was the free one from ashes. Okay. I want that card back. I want skull back. I want Wargrave's back. I want the one mana two one draw card back. Outcast one that's not one one. Make that two one again. We still won't run it in our deck, but I I want it whenever I discover it to actually be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm with you. Honestly, yeah, Demon Hunter probably runs a 2-1 that draws a card. but maybe The load not. of the ground one probably does. Yeah. I can see that. That's one unnerf that might make sense just because that deck doesn't need help. But Yeah, I would love Skull Gudan to get unnerfed and Kael'thas to get unnerfed. Kael'thas might not get unnerfed because of Druid things, but 
I certainly enjoyed that card a lot. What's the demon that does damage at the end of the turn? I always get the name Priestess messed up. I always confuse it with Bladed Lady. Priestess of Priestess of Fury. Yeah. Oh, oh, that yeah. got too, right? What would that, that used to be a 6-7? Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that way better than a 6-5. terribly six five. overstatted. 6-5 six like, is so yeah. bad, though. Mm-hmm. It's true. At very worst, make it like a 4-7. Yeah. What the hell? That's brutal. But it's standard, right? So you need a more significant nerf, I guess. Oh. I think if you compare Demon Hunter to Warlock, like all, I've been saying it for a long time, I think all Demon Hunter needs to be to have like a new archetype is you take a Void Caller and stick it in Demon Hunter, like that's it, that's it. God, uh, I, I, I would play in, the heck out of it. I'm on board for fewer Void Callers in in the format. It might be my most hated <laughs> card of all time. <laughs> my, that's my most favorite, void I think. <laughs> Not a big Warlock. It's just warlock a, guy. Wild was best. It's pretty degenerate. Wild was yeah. best when Void Caller into Void Lord was the worst thing in the format. <laughs> That's when Wild was God, best. I hate it. Right? And that was the worst thing to worry about. Just, just insta lose as an aggro deck on turn three. It was really fun. Stop listening to the dummies and run a silence. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing Odd Demon Hunter has. I remember it like. Good silence. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah good, good silence for sure. That also oh, well. includes draw. It's, it's, okay, it's sign me card. up. Yeah. Compared to like Iron Beak Owl. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Should we get on to the listener series? Sure. All right. So the big reason that we chose these two lovely people is they are the head honchos for the Born to be Wild listener series. So do you guys kind of want to talk about that for a little bit? Just like the main concept behind it, how it works, all that good stuff. Sure, sure. Let me let me give maybe an overview and then I will pass it over to Sheep with maybe you can give like a behind the curtain scene or, or, or we can tag team or whatever. But yeah, so the idea was to, you know, well, let me start out by saying, um, Born to be Wild is kind of based around interacting with the wild community and looking for a place to have people play fun matches against each other. Uh, but knowing that we exist in a world where like um, THL already exists. And so we were not looking to, to really duplicate that. THL is super cool, but um, I think THL is it's very competitive and you're seeing a lot of meta decks. And so the idea was, okay, let's, let's have something where the community can get together and play matches against each other. And then we're going to throw on some kind of wacky deck building restrictions so that we're not seeing dark lair and secret mage and Reno priest and all that stuff. Or if we do, we're going to see funky suboptimal versions of these decks. And, uh, and so that was kind of the, um, you know, the reason for the deck building restrictions is like, hey, let's do some fun stuff where people can can play um, and uh, and it's it's going to be off meta. Um, we've kind of experimented with different things, some really great ideas and some maybe not so much. We've learned a lot kind of over the past six or eight weeks or maybe even before that. So we're in season two right now, like right at the very end. And we've kind of done things differently each time. Um, 
and gearing up for a third season and trying to kind of crowdsource some ideas on how to make it even better. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been interesting trying to come up with, um, you know, different restrictions and, and we kind of learned by experience, like something that we thought was going to be awesome turns out bad or something that we thought was going to be really bad turns out really good. Um, and, and kind of, I don't know, experimenting on everybody, uh, with different things. And it's been fun watching people kind of find the loopholes where we would tell people like, okay, uh, this week is, you know, uh, like we'd say, Hey, you, you know, there's there XYZ cards are banned and here's the rules. Like you can only play this, you know, odd cost cards or something, you know, try to have some kind of zany restriction. And then someone would find a way to build like token druid and you're like, oh, wow, that was really good. And that was not what we were intending, but it works really well. And, uh, good, you know, good good job um, skirting the rules to make, you know, a great deck. And so we try like, okay, well, let's make a requirement that you have to have at least 15 minions. And then people saying like, oh, it's too many minions. Um, but it's been really fun to just, I don't know, kind of goof around with it. Um, I've been playing in it and it's been hard sometimes to like build the decks and like, Oh man, why did we impose such a difficult restriction? This is hard. Um, and you know, the hope was with the core set that, well, let me, let me back up a minute and say some of the feedback that we got from the first season was that it was difficult to build decks. Like if we said, you know, this one's about dragon synergy, this one's about death rattle synergy. We would get feedback from people saying, um, I don't have a big enough collection to do this. Like I had to craft cards specifically for this cause I didn't have enough dragons or whatever. And so the hope was that with the core set, everyone getting it for free, that they could um, build decks a little bit easier. Like I don't want anyone to have to go buy a bunch of cards just so they could participate in this goofy tournament series. Um, but I don't know the, the, the core cards are kind of hit and miss. Um, so there's some challenges, I think where, uh, when we started this season, um, the challenges were set for the first like five weeks or so, and we hadn't figured out the ones for playoffs yet. And so we really put our heads together and tried to make different, I I guess, different style of, of challenges that really forced people to like, they weren't as limited in terms of, um, like, uh, classes or um, tribes or anything like that, but we'd force people to make suboptimal builds. Uh, it was like, hey, you can only, like, for this set mana cost, you can only play minions or spells or weapons. And so, do you want, for five cost, do you want Skull of the Minari or do you want Carnivorous Cube? Like, you can't use both. And so, that, I think that has been a lot of fun, where, you know, do you want to play, um, Nazoth, or do you want to play Blood Reaver Goldan? Because you can't play both, and that's been kind of fun to see what people will will go with. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think we're going to take a, a little bit of a break after the season concludes. So we've got uh, we're in the top four right now. We've got uh, we'll be streaming a match Martian Boo versus Maxi Bond uh, tomorrow night. And then into top two. And then I think when, when the series resolves, we take a little bit of, of a break and then 
kind of crowdsource ideas for the next season and see what people liked, what people didn't, um, and and maybe go from there. I mean, I'm sure there's more to it than that. The the other thing that was a big change for us from the first season to the second season was uh, all of the matchmaking and all of the um, the stats and all of basically everything was done manually the first season. And it's just a ton of work. Um, and so going into the second season, it was like, hey, is there some sort of way that we can automate is not the right word, but that we can have a uh, tool to assist. Yeah. Yeah, we needed something. And so she has been absolutely like instrumental in creating the spreadsheets and getting everything kind of lined up there. We're keeping stats and um, doing the matchmaking is, is based on past win rate. Um, Jordan, I loved your video, by the way. I thought it was so funny. Uh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you played Corbett, it was so great. It was so I told great. him that was the best one. Uh, it really it was. was. <laughs> it was it was absolutely hilarious. And so um yeah, no, I mean it's it's been fun. It's still uh a, a lot of work. I mean, and sheep has been doing the the bulk of it. I think we would get together every Sunday for like 2 hours and I'm mostly there as like moral support to kind of talk through updating the spreadsheets, but you know, hopefully if we take some time off between the seasons, we can get some stuff to to automate a little bit more. Um, and we've been able to implement some feedback. What one of the things that we saw kind of early on is, you know, the idea was to mimic THL a little bit in that, hey, your decks don't show up until you submit them, and that's super cool, and that helps opponent versus opponent, so nobody can see until they've both submitted. But what would happen is like Corbett would submit on day one just super early, and then everyone else would now be able to see what he submitted. And then they just go copy his decks and all submit the same thing. And not that everyone was doing this, but there were some people. And uh, and so we got a handful of suggestions that were like, hey, can you hide everything until the submission deadline is over and then reveal it? And um, we were chatting with our good buddy, Ridiculous Hat, who kind of helped with the formulas behind that. And, and that was kind of fun, um, being able to work some spreadsheet magic over there. So I don't know. What, what do you think, Sheep? I mean, I'm sort of monopolizing the conversation over here. No, you're doing a great job. Um, and uh, definitely, huge, like you said, huge shout out to a Ridiculous Hat who helped us. Uh, really, whenever I was creating the spreadsheet, um, it was not just inspired, like, but he gave us uh, the the code for um, the uh, coin concede listener series spreadsheets. And so like we were able to go in, it, it looks nothing like the coin concede ones. Like we did a, a lot of different choices uh, than, than they did. Um, some of them not as uh, optimal <laughs> as they, they pulled them off, but like without that foundation, oh my gosh, it would have been, so much more work to even just like set it all up um so uh that was instrumental um but yeah being able to actually have the 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 timed stuff and everything come out was fantastic and the the bands you only see those when people are revealing them like oh perfect um uh lost my train of thought towards the end adhd meds have worn off <laughs> that's great it's been fun like let me ask you a question jordan like as somebody playing in it what is your hot take on it like or or like is it fun is, is there something that we could be doing better 
Uh, I have very mixed feelings about the last year of standing format because we've seen a bunch of sweeps. And so one of the things I think we'll be doing differently next time is the idea that, well, if if the focus is on deck building, let's do conquest. So then at least we get to see all the decks because um, there's a handful where like we only got to see big priest because it just won every time. Um, and so so there's some stuff like that. Um, Man, but yeah, what, what do you, what do you so think? many thoughts, but with a narrow, open minded, like, what's your hot take? I like <laughs> good. In terms of last year of standing, it's like feels good to do the sweeping right but probably not receive it so like when i when i yes. started putting in absurd amounts of extra effort in deck building and like working with other people and then i swept it felt really good to get rewarded but also like the last week or the fourth week when i did sweep my opponent like basically gave up after like the first match because they knew their other two decks were worse than the one they queued first so they, were, they knew they were going to get swept i can't imagine that that was fun for them it's like oh. going into the fourth game. He like messages me GG because he knows like game three it's over, and it's like yeah, kind of feel bad, but it's like yeah. I mean, I have a nuts deck that someone much smarter than me helped me make. So it's like yeah, I, I conquest is fine. I think both reward deck building, but with conquest you get to see more additional deck building. It doesn't just reward finding the best thing in the format. You have to find the second and third and fourth best thing and fifth. Oh, no, there's four decks, right? So you had to find, like, instead of the best thing, you yeah, had to find the four decks. best things, whereas, four. like, yeah. I know for us, like, me and Absolute and Gasu, when we would do it, we wouldn't even bother. Like, our fourth deck doesn't matter, right? It's like you either sweep with the first one or you, like, go 2-3-3-2, three, three, two, and it's like you might as well not have even, like, have bothered. But, yeah, the fourth deck was always, like, not that relevant, right? Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm fine with Conquest. And uh, the other thing you mentioned with the, like, decks showing up on the spreadsheets... I have mixed feelings about which I liked how Corb phrased it because he also had mixed feelings about it because it was like it's one thing it's like if they if they can't come up with decks mm -hmm. for whatever reason it's like nice to have something they can play but also it's like if it's Corb submitting right you're just going to take Corb's deck because he's super good at that right so it like takes the fun out so I have mixed feelings about that I do think it's like a hard solution but a way to solve both of those is to have like a like a listener series like corset heavy like these are the list if you don't submit on time you can play these if you want so, like, if you either don't submit, like, there's people that would, like, not submit, and then, like, four hours later, like, oh, shoot, I missed it. Is it too late? And then there were people who, like, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. felt the need to copy, whatever it is. If you had, like, and that's super hard, I understand, to solve it. It's, like, you have these, like, listener series, like, starter lists, basically, where it's, like, if you forget to submit or, like, you just don't have ideas, you can play them, you know? If you or your opponent has the cards, you can make them and you can play them, but they might not be the best, right? Because it's, you know, that's your job. But I think that's a great way to kind of solve both those problems. <laughs> we, oh my gosh, we can, can you imagine like, yeah, the have a deck that only contains like basic cards and core cards, right? And, like, hey, you didn't submit here, and you, you can, can play you this. can go like maybe like, a little bad, bit of past only free it. cards, and then like as long um, as you or your opponent has that card, like because you can borrow decks if you need to. But I feel like that would solve the. Oops, I forgot to submit. I was gone mm -hmm. on the weekend. I just got back because it's like you have four more days in the week to play. You might as well let them play these pre-made default fallback decks, right? And then it would also solve the like, I like that. I, I don't know how to build decks, but I want to play. It's like, okay, here you go. You have these decks that someone on Boy to Be Wild made then spent 30 minutes making. So they might not be the best decks, but you can play them, which lets you play. And in a casual league, I feel like that's better than just giving someone a 3-0, right? Yeah, and I, uh, mm -hmm. well, and we, I, you know, 
there's interesting things. I think we, when we initially started this season, we were not planning mm-hmm. on having any sort of prize pool. And so I, it was just supposed to be for fun. And then people started <laughs> donating money and it was like, oh, well, okay. And, and but I think, Up, I yes, think yeah. there's, there's pros and cons to that. Like, so, you know, the top, top four people get some money, but I think what we also saw is people who did not win their matches the first like couple of weeks like okay well you're probably not going to get to the funnily enough anymore, i actually so think the way you do matchmaking solves that problem that... but people didn't know like if you're going to lose oh three the best week to do it is week one i actually think exactly. it was better to lose week one than win week one because i do first a dude who doesn't have cards instead of corbett or swagwar right and so you can kind of sweep later like i was actually if i had swept last week i would have snuck into top eight having like not really having any reason like i should have been uh-huh. there because nice. i yeah, yeah. started later so actually, like like Gold Daniel was one of those people who like well, like forgot to submit week one and then just kind of like was like bummer. I guess I'll just toss in a towel. But if either one he had known or two had those fallback decks, I feel like that would yeah. have, funnily enough, actually not a problem. But people thought it was a problem. I don't know. It's weird. But also part of that also is like the the last tier of standing, right? So it's like I went, I only would have won three of my five, but I swept all three that I won. Which is so much more valuable than it. Like three twos are worthless. They're so worthless. If you went three two all five times, you didn't. You weren't even close to top eight, right? Whereas if you were three out, three out, two three two three, you probably made top eight, which was weird. So it's like with conquest, I I imagine you'd actually in a weird way with five weeks you'd have make later seasons matter more, like later weeks because there's going to be more three ones, three twos probably. Yeah, you want to have people like Swag who don't have to play week five. It would have definitely <laughs> changed the distribution. Swagor didn't have to play week five, and he made top eight. It was pretty funny because he yeah. swept the first like four, I think, <laughs> plus one game, which is absurd. Jeez, and he's, he's I don't know fire. how he did it, bro. I don't know how he did it. Yeah. his decks were. We, so we went back and forth. I was like, "What? How are you winning? Hey. This is awesome, but how are you winning?" <laughs> They're probably. The beauty of like the janky decks is they're really hard to play around because you're like, "What That's is this?" Point. Like, yeah, I, I what is you ever you ever play a match and you see a card and you're like that's not a real hearthstone card i've never seen that i've never seen that card before that doesn't exist this is somebody's custom card like um, see but the open happens to open deck list makes sense. you can maybe figure out what they're trying to do yeah he would uh, that's true that's yeah. true so yeah we went back and forth early on with with the matchmaking whether it should be random or whether it should be based on um you know previous results and the problem with the random is that then you have like the finals are going to be funky because it, like it's just all over the place in terms of who gets matched up to who. And then I think that what we had, were really trying to avoid, and I think we did a good job of it, was having different people play each other each week. And if you throw everything into a randomizer, like people are going to end up playing against each other. Um it's just going to happen. And so this way we could look at win rate and then match people up that way. And, and so when we're getting to the finals, like these are all people that have really, really similar win rates. Um, and so the, the, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is. The competitiveness is like kicked up a notch. You get a measure of control so, as the league coordinator that you wouldn't yeah, I think have. There's otherwise. no yeah. like better way to do it. Cause the other, like yeah. the, the, probably the best way, like would require seating, which isn't really feasible. So Oh, that is so validating. That. So you have to like, like the best way to do it, obviously, is like, you know, you make Corp, you know, one seed and you know, like kind of work your way down. But then it's like, 
this whole that like that oh, feels I'm, bad. yeah yeah oh i'm the 42nd seed you know it's like okay <laughs> right well normally so, you only if you can't do it fair 16, that way you but... well sure 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 but you'd have to seed everybody right so the first would versus the worst the mm-hmm. or so that, yeah, well, that way you do it's like after week one then you go and that also keeps it so that you're like you're not out week one right because you can have a less good opponent to rebound while the people who mm-hmm. are both three out have to verse each other so that's probably the best way you can do it. It's just matchmaking. Maybe this it, is, allow, it allows uh, like the person who's in fifteenth to get into top eight because someone from top eight has to lose. So like if it's week five, right, and you're fifteenth, if you sweep, you probably maybe make this top is eight a useful four people have to drop insight. out. In the tennis world, which is kind of my background, um, the official way to seed tournaments is, and I, I'm blanking on the exact number, but you take the the number of entrants and you divide it by I think five. And then that, and then you, you make it an even number, and those are how many seeds you get. Those seeds are placed at key intervals along the bracket, and then you, and then everyone else is fully random. So that way you get it. So you have ideal matchups later where you're not like, and this is obviously for a bracket situation, but um, it would the same concept would work for a league, I imagine. But that way you're getting good televised matches later on. But the early stuff is still random enough that you're not playing the same people as you go from tour stop to tour stop. Yeah, I think that's functionally the same as the way they do it because the first two weeks you just verse whoever. Right. And then later you have to verse. Like week two, the top two players verse each other, right? So it's like you get televised right away. You get televised the whole way through. Yeah. And that's kind of the idea. We were just talking about seeds. So that's the way that a lot of like individual sports do it like tennis yeah so kind of the way we we did it was um you know like like they said we had the the swiss which was the kind of match made um uh rounds for the regular season and then of course the the postseason you know the playoffs people got the seeds that they earned through the the uh, five weeks of swiss and then you know 1v8, 4v5, etc. You know, standard bracket stuff at that point. Cool, cool. I did want to ask I think with five weeks it's perfect. I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. uh, Nate. So you said Mm -hmm. earlier uh, you were talking about how there were some that you planned and thought they were going to be awesome and they sucked and then vice versa where you thought they were going to suck and they were awesome. What What were your best examples of those rule sets? Oh gosh. Um I, I think that, that the overall themes are, are good. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. That's a, that's a hard, it's a hard question to answer. Like, it's funny cause there's this, there's this fine invisible line of like too much restriction, not enough restriction. Sure. And so everybody liked the idea of like dragon week, right? Like, Oh, dragon week is cool. But then when we force you to put in, 15 minions and at least 10 core cards it's like oh now my cool dragon deck or like dragons can be minions only and so people are like well half of the fun in playing dragon decks is to have the dragon synergy cards that are like they're not dragons but if you have a dragon then x and like you can't play any of those and so i think that maybe you know we made it accidentally less fun a little bit for some things like that um and there's the potential, you know, always to, um, you know, we, we try hard to like 
make a, a challenge that isn't going to be um, just meta decks facing each other, but like people always find a way you like take the challenge and then break it. Um, like, you know, you can still make secret mage and you can still make big priest and, and any, basically any Highlander deck. And I'm trying, I'm trying to think if there's any specific examples, do you know of any sheep? I'm going to look at the list real quick while we're talking. Week three but is was there anything... uh, as a player, not very restrictive. I know. I don't know. If that would fall into that category, but I brought secret mage with two cards out of the metal list. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> there was two cards missing from the metal list. Yeah, and it was, was like Sage, wow. right? Like exactly Sage, yeah. yeah. I think that's all you lost was Sage. Because I think in that week, if you wanted to make it better, you should have restricted Epic and Legendary class spells as well. Because that's where the real power mm. is, in the secret passages and solariums of the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not in the, like, two Legendaries that actually see playing Wild Hearthstone. <laughs> legendary minions. They're like, cut yeah. out exactly Raza. <laughs> which Shia still so, brought I mean, there was... Raza, which is funny. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, there's some interesting ideas. Um, and I, so I, I like the idea of having some time between sets to plan a little more thoroughly. Um, so like week two, for example, it says, hey, you can only use cards from Legacy Core, uh, Shadows, Saviors of Old Doom, Descent of Dragons, Initiate, and Ashes. And so what people ended up doing is just pulling up Tempo Storm or Vicious Syndicate from that meta, seeing what were meta decks, and then just building those. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, well, oops um let's see what else like uh i i think the mandatory inclusion of 10 core set cards was like eh. the idea being like hey we wanted to even the playing field a little bit so that um the people that didn't have big collections could still play and they wouldn't be at a huge disadvantage but we learned that like a lot of the core set cards are bad or we started seeing the same core set cards over and over so like Talon Fordring in every deck, mm -hmm. um, the new Alex in every deck, and it was like, okay, like I didn't want that. Um, sure. New Alex and Talon um, are both so good, though. I'd run them if I didn't have to in those decks. Yeah, they they are, and you know, I don't know. Some some are better than others. Um, so I don't know. I think one thing that we'll be trying out next time is is um, kind of crowdsourcing some ideas for for these because i don't know like i my brain power is limited you know like only only one person you're only one person and so people give us some ideas and and it's not like a guarantee that we're going to use it but like even if we we've we've had a couple in the past where someone gave this big elaborate idea and we're like oh that's really interesting let's use a quarter of it and scrap the rest and and then we tweak it a little bit and have it be um something that we're pretty happy with uh and you know some of them are super fun some of them are super elaborate like maybe a little bit over the top um it, i don't know it, we'll see but I, I like the idea of kind of combining uh f forces here and doing sort of a, a voltron thing with the with the deck building restrictions for next time yeah i look forward to it yeah i think one thing so i I had signed up for THL last season, and then I this came around, Born to be Wild, and I'm like, you know, I ended up having to drop out of THL because of just, like, my sleep schedule and graduating college and starting work and having a baby. Um, so I wasn't sure if I'd had time for this, but I, I will say, from the outside looking in, because I did help Jordan a, a little bit in the early weeks, 
and it's the deck building is easily the most fun part. I would do just that and not actually play them because I love deck building, but I hate getting crushed when my decks suck. So I don't know. It, it looks super fun, and I really enjoyed that part. Um, I actually agree. I think I had the most fun like scrimming and making decks with friends yeah. than I did playing some nice. random person in the league with the actual decks. Yeah, and the- that's cool. I'm glad to hear. Um, that's good. Like one of the, uh, I don't know. We some feedback that we had received was like, is it worth it to have deck building restrictions each week? Um, cause it's a lot of work for everybody. It's a lot of work for us to put them together. It's a lot of work for everyone to build, but the concern is if we don't, then isn't it like, why wouldn't you just play ladder or friendly matches in casual, right? Like this kind of forces that. And so kind of hearing you guys ha- say that you're having fun with the deck building part of it makes me happy. So oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. And Jordan and I, I mean, even before listener series going back years, we've always kind of had these like head to head matches with our own like restrictions, never as complex as like what you guys have put together. But I remember maybe a few months ago we did like one where we'd like drafted tribes. So each of us had to play like the three or four tribes that we had. Was it four? Okay. The four tribes, the four tribes that we had. And then we'd banned one and it was super fun. Cause like obviously some of the tribes are way better than others, but so mm-hmm. like that's why it was a fun draft system, but we've had fun doing those kind of head-to-head sandbox matches for a long time. So I know that's a big aspect of of what a lot of people are looking for, especially those who don't ha- necessarily have close friends who play to play Hearthstone with. You know. Yeah, that's cool. No, I like that. I love the idea of having two two wheels, right? One wheel with tribes and one wheel with classes, and you spin the wheel and you okay, it lands on mage. And like, cool. And then you spin the other wheel and it lands on pirate and you've got to make pirate <laughs> mage, you know, or like, or like, you know, murloc, warlock, <laughs> <laughs> or like something that was never intended to like go together. Yeah. Uh, that's battle of the tribes X right there. V2, run it back. <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of demon warlock, you have to play demon shaman. Oh, oh. oh no. <laughs> so painful. That'd be, that'd be really painful i love it all neutral i imagine <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no they would have to be all neutral you could play I'm or... <laughs> <Illidan>. <laughs> yeah. um well there's so. yeah you know elemental demon hunter you could like it probably a lot of these you'd end up playing a bunch of neutral cards sure. but it could be fun there's a couple yeah I think overall, in wild. If you if you have the right class, it's actually not that hard. But if yeah. you have to do some weird mm-hmm. stuff, it would be. Yeah, it, the listener series looks super fun, and I'll definitely be trying to get in on it. Nice. Let me ask you guys: um, Would you still play if there's no prize pool? Like, is the prize pool a thing, or not? Like, I think we weren't planning on it, and then it happened, and then we were kind of like stuck with it. And even then, with some other feedback that we had received, like we didn't want to make big changes like mid season. Um, and so it, it sort of complicates everything. Like it's cool. Like who it's, you know, somebody's going to win a decent chunk of money. Uh, but at the, at the same time, it really forces us to be like crack down on all of the rules and strictly enforce everything and sort of be the fun police. And I get somebody saying like, Oh my gosh, I'm one hour late submitting my things. And we're like, too bad. Sorry. You can't submit it anymore. And 
part of that is because like there's money on the line now and if people um you know kind of take it seriously in this competition and if i end up not getting in top four because of some technicality like um you know or because we bent some rule then it, it feels bad where if we eliminate that um it, it gives us a little bit more freedom yeah so for me it kind of strikes me a little bit like fantasy football where i love doing fantasy football and i will do it regardless of whether there's money on the line but you're a whole lot more invested if there's money on the line so i think you get mm -hmm. a lot more investment and for a lot of people i'm sure there was a lot more i don't i don't know exactly what the timing of it was 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 the prize money announced before registration was closed yeah, yeah. so i would imagine that you got way more participants than you maybe might have but then how many of them dropped off after, oh, I lost the first two rounds, you know? So a lot. I, it's a little bit of, <laughs> a lot, yeah, it's a yeah. little bit of the double-edged sword. But I think and I think this is the sort of thing that we've been talking about for a long time in Wild, where ever since the Wild Open has gone away, it feels like there's not much of a reason to play competitive Wild Hearthstone, where this kind of brings part of that back a little bit. So I don't know. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a different side of competitive, too, where you get rewarded for being a good deck builder in addition to being a good player. So, I don't know. I see both yeah. ends of it, for sure. Personally, I would we, be more incentivized to play with the prize money, but I would play regardless. You know what I mean? We talked about doing prizes in the form of, like, merch. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, does anybody want a Born to be Wild, you know, t-shirt or a hoodie or something I'd like that? I'd love another like, hoodie. It'd be great. Hey, there you go. I'm actually in a like a another Discord style league for other games for like Rocket League, and uh, mm -hmm. I know there they like the winning team of each like division of play. Like that winning team would like get the choice between like a jersey from the league or half of the league, and people do people do like it. I mean, it's free stuff, right? So, well, that's cool. I think people would definitely accept the free T-shirt or hat or whatever it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's not like a magic formula for this stuff, so nope. it's kind of been like a, a bizarre social experiment, and it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, so you know, we'll see. It's uh, I, I think what I'd like to do is, you know, I'm not sure quite how long of a break we'll take between this season and the next season. Ideally, you know. It, it might be kind of fun to line it up with like new set coming out or something. So there's new cards to play. I don't know. You know, it's kind of a long break. And so that's something that we'll have to talk about, but um, having extra time to plan would be cool because that, that lets us do more automation with the sheets and more I can do with the graphics and, and the video and the streaming and that sort of thing. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's pros and cons, but it's, it's been a lot of fun as well. So. I don't we know. are uh, entering the the final four. Uh, we've got one result already. So um, uh, Corbett is going to face the winner of Martian Boo and Maxi Bon in the finals. And that other one is happening uh, after the podcast recording tomorrow. That's awesome. I take pride in being the only person to... <laughs> I took two games off Corb. I'll take it. <laughs> I think he lost three total. Nice. <laughs> wow. Hey, that's an accomplishment. I'm, I'm, I lost the week, but I took two games. I guess Corbett would take this. <laughs> hey, hey, a win's a win. I love it. I love yeah. it. Definitely. He's a, a good player, too. Uh, 
that's kind of an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely be rooting for Marshin Boo. He's uh, I love dropping in his streams. Probably my favorite streamer. So he is such a nice guy, like just a genuinely yeah. nice human being to the um, point where it's like actually frustrating me when someone comes in like trolls him because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then like you can see it start to slip and he's trying so hard to be nice you know it just frustrates the hell out of me it's like why can't people just be like That's... polite you know <laughs> yeah yeah hmm? he doesn't have that anymore because he put on verified email setting in his chat oh did he yeah so those trolls can't show up and make new accounts anyway nice that's a good solution. Nice. He also got rid of the bots that are like, you want free followers or whatever those things are. I might, might turn that But on. I we always want free followers. It's... I want to be famous. <laughs> you want to be famous? <laughs> I love those. Not English characters. <laughs> right. Do you want to be famous? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure I have uh, a lot more thoughts and suggestions about the listener series, but right now I'm drawing a blank. I remember like looking through yeah, that can... suggestions pool when you first opened it. And I saw a lot of people saying things I agreed or didn't agree with, and I was like, I should at some point, you know, add my two cents here, and I just never got around to it. But uh, there'll be time. Yeah, there will be time. Absolutely. I do think though, in terms of like the restrictions, it's like, like I wouldn't be too stressed about. It. I think if one misses here or there, it's like okay, you know, life moves on. Right. I wouldn't like delay it for eight weeks as you want to make sure you have perfect restrictions. I think subpar restrictions and more of them are probably better. Agreed. Cool. Uh, I like the feedback. I like the feedback. Yeah. It's it's hard sometimes. I think the way we look at it is like, hey, if we're going to put something out and we're going to stick our name on it, like we want it to be perfect and like that demanding perfection and just realize that like, look, nothing's ever perfect. Exactly. Okay. Like you, you can, you can have a, you know, a miss and be okay life life goes on like you said nothing's so. perfect yeah poverty's perfect <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. yes he's an incredibly perfect card <laughs> mm-hmm. all right uh you guys want to plug your various socials and affiliations yeah Start. uh sure i i will go first my, my name is up on the screen my name is nate wolf um you can follow me on Twitter at NateWolfTCG. It's N-A-T-E-W-O-L-F-E-T-C-G. Uh, one of the hosts on Born to be Wild. We uh, have a wild podcast. We do live every Friday night. Um, and uh, that's at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Fridays. And then it, it's released on YouTube and uh, all the podcast apps over the weekend. And um, yeah, uh, everything is online at our website. It's born to be wildhs.com. Thank you so much for uh, the invite to the show. Yeah, of course. It's good to talk to you guys. Thanks for and coming. and uh, it's fun to hang out. So we'll have to we'll have to reciprocate and have you guys on too. That'd be a That'd blast. Be super fun. Yeah. Happily. Yeah. And I can be found around the internet at Electric Sheep City or in places where that doesn't fit at eSheep City, like Twitter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um i've got like a, a little website electric sheep dot city uh which is pretty fun but i mean like it's just a personal website and there's not much to it <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome ringing endorsement i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah and as always you can find myself and jordan on twitter and twitch uh when i can actually find time to stream around <laughs> changing diapers so yeah, that's going to bring us to the close of this episode. So, 
on our episode, we like to always bring back to the start of our podcast, where we were just in love with Kaboombot, who we affectionately call the People's Champ. So the phrase goes, if you see a People's Champ, you buy a People's Champ, and you're going to win. <laughs> nice. Love it, love it. Yes. Dr. Seven and the People's oh, Champ. Yeah. I like it. That's where our little bomb came from. He's Kaboombot in disguise. We just put some wild leaves on him. So no one can <laughs> recognize that we actually like Battlegrounds. <laughs> All right. Glorious. Thanks for coming on, guys. Peace. Thanks Absolutely. for having us. Thanks again for having us.